A city is a group of light bearers that becomes one single large light that cannot be hidden. It would be fairly easy to hide every single one of them. In fact, this morning I lost a grandchild briefly. <laughs> the panic has been found and everything's fine. Individuals are relatively easy to hide. Jesus said, you can't be hidden. Why? Because there's a whole lot of you with a whole lot of light. And I believe he's referring back to some of these prophetic words in Isaiah. He's saying, this now is the time for the complete fulfillment of these declarations from heaven. You are the light of the world. You are the city. And later it goes on in Matthew to say that he would build his church. He would build his church. He likened the, 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 the forming of his followers as a building of a congregation. And it's interesting that the hearing, sometimes it's good when we look at the Bible to think, what would the hearers then have heard when Jesus said, I will build my church? What would that mean to them? Certainly for all the Jews, they would have heard, I will build my congregation. And the one before who had a congregation was Moses. And Jesus is deliberately replacing Moses in the way that he communicates about himself. Even in Matthew 5, we just referred to, he says, you have heard it said this, but I say to you this. And often what he's doing is quoting the law that Moses gave and giving a new twist to it because he is now sitting in the place of authority to give God's opinion on what is and isn't. So he says, I am about building my congregation. Everything, Moses, all points to me. This is a new day. This is a new congregation. This is a new building. This is a new thing and I'm the one building it. We've said many times that Jesus was not afraid to talk positively about who he was and what he was about. Which is one of the reasons he got so much trouble. He came to build cities inside cities. Because he goes on to say, I will build my church. And the demons will walk all over it and trample all the believers into the ground until they're so insignificant they cry out for a rescue and I'll come and save them and I'll take them, I'll rapture them to heaven and wash them clean. <laughs> Do you guys read your Bible? <laughs> he didn't say that. He said, I've built my church, my... You know, just imagine with a bit of confidence, puffing out his chest, speaking to the thousands, and I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build it, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so good that my church is going to kick down the gates of hell. <laughs> my church, I will build my church at the gates of hell. The literal will not prevail against it. Now, somebody famously said, have you ever seen a set of gates jump on their hinges and chase you down the road? So guess what? The commission of this thing he's building is to start moving in. 
you the territory that is underprotected by the powers of darkness and succeed against them. The destiny of the church that Jesus building is not to be overrun, but to do the overrunning. To bring the darkness to the light, not the light in made of the darkness. And I am excited because this is a passion in my life. Somewhere back in the 1950s, when I became a Christian at age minus 12, our generation looked at the church and it wasn't great. We effectively wept and we fasted and we prayed. If you went to church, worship was pretty dire. If you went to church, you probably got a hidden prayer stand. You know what one of those is? No food involved, trust me. <laughs> I remember going to church as a young Christian, sitting through a sermon, sitting through songs I couldn't understand. And a dear, sweet deacon at the door shaking my hand, who I didn't know his name, I'd never seen before in my life, but as I left, he shook my hand and he said, it's been wonderful having fellowship with you. And I'm like, uh, I don't understand this. Now, I'm a believer at this point, and I still didn't understand. Many, many churches were overrun with democracy, they were run by groups, of self-interest in the church, their leaders that were called anointed couldn't lead. Other churches were, 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 were just comatose. It was it was it, it was it was the crustaceans of leadership. Those immovable hierarchies governed the UK church scene. But God. But God started a renewal movement. But God started a restoration movement. But God started to speak to people through verses like this and say, this is not how it's meant to be. Yes, look at the broken walls. Look at the broken gates. But get a passion for seeing it change. Because don't cry out for the rest of you. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to raise you up as builders and you're going to make it beautiful. Come on. You're the ones you're the ones that are going to learn how to put the stones back. You're the ones that know how you are going to learn how to put the gates back in place. You're the ones that are going to make it impenetrable to the enemy, and you're the one to make it a threat to the powers of darkness in your environment. I have commissioned my people to build my church with me, so that it becomes a city within every city on this planet that's shining with the brilliance of heaven, so that God gets glory. Come on. And we got excited, there wasn't any others, but we got excited. And I'm still excited. I had no apologies for being excited. But the glorious church that God is building through all of us. I didn't come here to do a Sunday morning. Church for me is not get as many people in the building to listen to my preaching as possible. I don't like it, but that's not the point. <laughs> it's not, let's jazz up the worship to get a few more bums on the seats. Let's find new ways to get people out of their lives to sit on a... Now 
You know, sometimes you can get discouraged and then you get depressed and you then become inactive. This was an overwhelming task. This was a massive challenge. But something inside of him was sad and was weeping, but he didn't turn it off. He didn't become ineffective. He didn't withdraw. He didn't get hopeless. He got connected to God in prayer and lived with a vision that this could change and he could be part of it. Discouragement does not have to equal depression which equals inactivity. This is the day I think this morning some of you are going to wake up in a whole new way to what you can do with him and in him to change him this nation because you are part of changing the church to become more glorious. It doesn't have to stay where it is. What you inherited is not where it's supposed to remain. It's supposed to go on. You don't go, ooh, well that's where it is. That's a load of junk, isn't it? Well, I suppose we just have to put up with a load of junk. Let's just find the good bits in the junk. No, you get something, you're meant to improve all of it. So that the people who come after you go, wow, that was a lot, that's just amazing, that's something. I heard the stories of how much junk they inherited and we're getting a whole load of glorious stuff. Yeah, we can do something. That's a job. Even if it doesn't all happen in your lifetime, my lifetime, at least the ones that come after us get a better pile of stuff than we inherit. Hey, do it. Do you want to do that? You don't have to be as old as I am to have grandkids but you want to leave something better to the people after you. It's not an age-related issue. It's a discipleship-related issue. It's a, I want to pass something good on so I want to improve on what I receive. Good Let's try and uh, make a bit more sense out of all this heat and passion that's coming out of this. I've been living this a long time, so I'm not going to apologize for the passion. I'm not going to push you into something you don't want. But this is inside me and it's coming out. And now again, it's going to come out. Come on. So what do we do? We've got some, we've got some burned down gates, we've got some gates in place, we've got some rickety walls, we've got some great walls. What do we, it's all metaphorical, isn't it, all picture? What sort of things are we talking about? Well, Matthew 7 helps us, Jesus always helps us, is that not true? Jesus always helps us. Anything we need, you find it in Jesus. Anything you want to know about God, it's in Him. If it's not in him, it isn't God. It's a simple guide to biblical theology. The <clears throat> Matthew 7, Jesus talks about a house built on a rock. Kids do this in Sunday school a lot, but this is for us. A wise man built his house on the rock, a foolish man on sand. What's the rock? Jesus said, if you hear what I say and do it, you're wise in building with rock. Yeah. We want to build with rock. We want to build in Jesus' ideas. We want to build in Jesus' truth. Jesus' values. Oh, we keep talking about it. We feel like we've got some rocks. Yeah. And when they're not fully in place, there's a hole. So there's an idea of a building concept. How do you, how do you get the rocks better in place? So that they're better seen, they're better formed, and they're more effective. How do you get more presence in your particular life? How, how do you 
become more honouring? How does the bit of church life you're serving in, or the bit of world you're connected to, how does it experience more honour than it already is? That's like taking up one of these rocks and sticking it in the wall. Yeah? And another great picture of stones in the New Testament is 1 Peter 2, 5 says that you're living stones. Yeah. Not 15 stones, living stones. <laughs> I keep rebuking the scales because it says actually I'm 16 stones. Oh my, you're lying. <laughs> I don't want that many stones in my life. <laughs> Seems to get harder to get rid of those stones. <laughs> Anybody with me? They keep coming. Stones you don't want. We should have a feel like that. Those stones. You need all those stones. Those facts are not the stones I'm talking about. Just because I'm a larger living stone than I used to be. Just look at somebody. Seriously, don't stop looking at them. There was none of this like, well, I'm perfuming, I can't 
or a metal, you know, gold work. I have very fine motor skills that could be ruined by these hefty blocks that I've got to work. It's like, no, we're building this wall. Whether you like to smell nice or keep your fine motor skills, you've got to find a stone and stick it in a wall. And what it goes on to say is that basically everybody repaired the wall next to wherever they happened to live. And, and there were nobles doing it, there were poorer people doing it, so you couldn't squeak out of this just because, you know, well, I'm the leader, I don't do any of lifting. You couldn't get out of it because, well, I have all these fineries going on. Everybody was committed to the grunt work of lifting stones and sticking them in the wall. Yeah. And honestly, some of the stuff we talk about in the realm of relationships and honor is bloody hard work. There you go, I said it. You ask everything of your insides and all to build a good connection with somebody next to you who you don't understand. You can say, well, I'm too refined for that. No, you're not. Good say, I need to keep my fine motor skills. I don't do this relational stuff. That's a load of junk. <coughs> You're building a wall, and we're all building a wall. And if anybody sort of goes, no, 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 I'm not going to build a wall, then we're going to have a big hole. One hole is one hole too many. Think about it from an enemy point of view. You only need one hole. Anybody watch Lord of the Rings? And they're in Helm's Deep. As long as there's no hole, they're keeping everybody out. Until they put that big bomb thing and make a hole, then game over. You're not building your bed if you're like, well, you know, I can't, I can't serve, I can't give, I can't connect, I can't do all that stuff. I have this refined ministry where I see heaven coming to earth. Well, heaven's coming to earth by the way that you love the person next to you. All that other stuff can happen as well. We're not, not doing any of that. <laughs> a stone is not a wall. If you're on your own, you are in deep. Deep into your own suitable experience. <laughs> Ten stones is not a wall. Well, you know, we're into this small group thing. Good for you. You're about to get run over. If I put ten stones together, I can get round it, behind it, in front of it. You'll be toast before long. Comfortable, it's harder because you have more variety. Everyone is like this. We have some people lying on the floor, some people groaning and shouting in their Some people quietly sitting. Some, some kids coming around. Some, I mean, the whole mess is going on at the same time. You scale it down with people who are more like you. It may be easy for a season, but that's not building a city. Yeah. Cities are everything. Everything heaven has, we want. And if he wants to do it all at the same time, we're open to it. Can't do it on your own. I thank God for every single one of you that in those cold winter months got yourself out of bed and came here with your hot people. 
every prayer we pray, every worship session we have, every message that we get hold of something from and start to build with is progress on the wall. Every morning we sleep in, or we do something else, and we don't value the building of the church community is an opportunity lost. And with that, I'll We are about a great work. So let's arise and build. Can we make that declaration together? We didn't do a declaration this morning. We are about a great work, so let's arise and build. Thoughtfully, thoughtfully let's do it. We are about a great work. Let's do that part. We are we about are a great, great work. So let us arise and build. So, so let, let us, us arise, arise and build. Father, we just come to you. We love that Jesus is building his church and we want to partner with that. The sexiest thing on the planet is the church of Jesus Christ. And we know that because you're coming to marry us. And we want to be part of making that more beautiful more alluring, more amazing. In Jesus' name.